You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Jesus had cleared out this circus once before. At the beginning of his ministry, he went into that temple and cleared all of those people out. But they let the chaos back in. The same is true with our heart. If we're not careful, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things can enter into our heart and push God out. Distractions are everywhere. You're surrounded by a million different things that demand your time, attention, and emotion every day. How do those distractions affect your relationship with God? Today on The Simple Truth, Pastor Dion teaches that Jesus, upon his arrival to Jerusalem, went to the temple again and cleared it out. He exhorts you to be intentional in the ongoing work of keeping your mind and heart clutter-free. If you don't, you'll be distracted and find yourself moving away from God. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 19 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. On the predicted day, Jesus, the King of Kings, rode into Jerusalem, not on a stallion, but on an unbroken donkey colt, meaning humble and lowly. Everybody said what? Humble and lowly. Jesus rides in on this unbroken donkey with trophies in tow. And the trophies that were following him were transformed lives. Say it out loud, what? Transformed life. Those who were once blind or lame or sick or diseased. In fact, remember outside of Jericho, there was a blind man who Jesus healed. He was leaping and praising God, following Jesus as they were walking in. How about Zacchaeus, the little tax guy? He was leaping and praising God, a life who had been transformed. They were following Jesus in to Jerusalem. And all of those that were depraved and adulterers that had been transformed. And so as Jesus approached the city, the crowd began to lay their coats in his path. Let's continue to read there, Luke chapter 19. And as Jesus went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for the almighty works that they had seen, saying, read it with me, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. So Jesus, on the exact day that he was supposed to, on the exact day that was predicted and prophesied 483 years before, 
Jesus is riding into Jerusalem in the eastern gate, crossing from the Mount of Olives across the Kidron Brook all the way up to those eastern gates. And as he's riding into the Kidron Brook, people are becoming ecstatic. People are cheering. And and mostly people who have been following his disciples and a few others. It wasn't thousands upon thousands. It didn't look like a Justin Bieber concert by any stretch, all right? But people are shouting and singing as they're approaching the eastern gate. The eastern gate is the easiest access into the temple mount. There are eight gates around Jerusalem. This one was the easiest directly into the temple area. And so the Pharisees, of course, are hearing these people as they're um, shouting, because like I said, it's, it's almost like the natural amphitheater in that little valley, the Kidron Valley. So as people are shouting, it sounds like an anthem. And they're shouting and singing Jesus' praises as he's riding in. And guys, they begin to spread. The people are spreading their coats. Well, they said their clothing, but it's their cloaks. He's spreading their coats. Guys, the people's coats symbolized their identity, their worth, their status. Kind of like a doctor's coat, right? You know he's a doctor. You know what he is, his status, because of the coat he wears. A police officer's vest. A janitor's uniform, a chef's apron, a pro athlete's jersey. Those are their clothing, their robes, their identity. And so in that manner, each of those people were putting their coats, what their status symbol was. Listen, guys, what are the status symbols of our life? Symbols that define us, our job position, our education, How many followers we have on Facebook or Snapchat? I have 1,436 followers. I have 5,732 followers. Right? How about um, our appearance? Is that the, 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 the symbol that defines us? Our credit score? Our wardrobe? Uh, the subdivision we live in? Uh, our net worth? Or the toys that we have? Or the talents that we have. Those are our status symbols. Well, guys, these worshipers wore their status symbols. It said who they were. It it depicted their identity. And here's what they were doing. The worshipers that day, they were throwing their identity and status at Jesus' feet and shouting his praises by saying this. Here's the word. Everybody say it out loud. Hosanna. And the word Hosanna means salvation now. Say it out loud. Salvation now. In a sense, they were casting their crowns, their achievements, their status, their identity, their pride, their reputation. They were casting it at Jesus' feet. They were laying their lives before him and called for his salvation. Save us now. It's a beautiful picture. You see, salvation and reformation happen when we empty or we lose ourselves. Everybody say, lose yourself. In fact, here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Here's what he says. Read it with me. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Now pause right there. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The word lose means to surrender. Or yield. So, guys, the one who believes and receives Jesus will be saved. 
He's losing his identity. He's emptying himself. And he's laying at Jesus' feet. He's losing his own life. Will be, everybody say the word, saved, right? But the verse goes on. But whoever desires to save his life will, everybody say it, lose it. And the word save means to withhold. Whoever desires to save his own life means to withhold or to restrain. To the one who withholds his life from the Lord, he's going to lose it. The one who prohibits himself from believing, he will lose his life. So the one who loses his life will find salvation, but the one who saves his life, retains it, will lose his life. See, if we ignore or reject God's Messiah because of pride or ego or arrogance, or we control, we just, we, I like control. I don't, I'm not giving my life up to anything. Or maybe it's unbelief. I don't believe it. If we ignore, reject God's Messiah because of those things, we will lose our life to this. Everybody say the word. We will get judged instead of salvation if we withhold. If we save our life, we'll lose it to judgment. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Well, he didn't say that exactly, but kind of. Let's, let's read it. Now, as he drew near to the gate and to the temple, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. So he's seeing it and he's a little bit distressed. Hardly any people came out. This was a big announcement. Stop and think. If you sent out invitations for a graduation reception, right, or a, a wedding reception, and you sent out invitations and you invited, I mean, a bunch of people, everybody you knew, you invited them, but then they didn't show? Or just a handful showed? You're like, where is everybody? Look at your neighbor and say, where is everybody? God sent out an invitation the exact day it would happen. No one was waiting for it. Only a few. Let's get back. He said, if you had known even you especially in this your day the things that make for your peace, that the Messiah was coming, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. So he tells them, hey, listen, if you ignore the invitation, because you did, he's basically saying, hey, if you save your life, if you withhold your life, you're going to lose it to judgment. And Jesus kind of declares that. He said, because you did. Jesus predicted, listen up, Jesus predicted right here that Jerusalem would be besieged and the temple would be leveled because they ignored and rejected the Messiah. 
Now, some people doubt or question real judgment for ignoring or rejecting Jesus. Not really going to be any judgment. Maybe they should consider this prophecy. You see, in 70 A.D., say it out loud, what? In the year 70 A.D., 35 years after Jesus gave this prediction, Rome besieged Jerusalem. The city and the temple was set on fire. To recover the gold that melted and seeped between the stones and the temple, the Roman soldiers toppled each and every stone of the temple just as Jesus had said, no stone will be left untoppled. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. So, guys, don't ignore or reject Jesus as Messiah because judgment is harsh. Instead, humble and surrender your life before Him. And please remember that surrender is a lifestyle, not an event. Not a one-time thing. It's not a one and done. Look at your neighbor and say, not a one and done. Our salvation in our life is not a one and done. Our surrender is not a once and done. I just raised my hand that day and that's it. Everyone that's been a Christian for a little bit knows that Surrender is an everyday process. Look at your neighbor saying everyday process. An everyday choice, isn't it? Not a once and done. If we don't keep ourselves surrendered, if we don't keep our lives reserved for Him, our lives tend to get cluttered with distractions, right? So look at your neighbor and say, don't be distracted. Watch what Jesus says. As it continues, then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. So here's the story thus far. Jesus, on the exact day predicted by 483 years before, rides into Jerusalem the day that the invitation was out, that the announcement was out, the king is going to come that day, the day of your peace, Messiah is going to happen then, Jesus on that exact day is riding in. Only a few people come out. And Jesus says, because you ignored, because you rejected that information, the Messiah, therefore you're going to have judgment. And he gives a prophecy. Well, at that moment... People might have just shrugged their shoulders. Oh, sure, yeah, uh-huh. It took Herod 40, 50, 60 years to build the temple. And he says, it took him this long to get this far. And, you know, it's, it's going to get toppled just like that? Come on! But you and I are on this side of time. And we realize it did happen exactly as Jesus predicted. Don't ignore Jesus as Messiah. Don't reject God's king, right? But for those of us also that have already made that decision to accept him, he said, don't allow clutter to come back into your life. Look at your neighbor and say, clutter. The temple, guys, was the place that God designed for connecting with him. 
A place to repent and find forgiveness. A place to find peace and spiritual direction. A place to be touched by God. And now it was a cluttered mess. Jesus goes in there and there's no room for connection, no room for worship, no room for revival in the temple. Jesus had cleared out this circus once before. At the beginning of His ministry, He went into that temple and cleared all of those people out. But they let the chaos back in. The same is true with our heart. If we're not careful, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things can enter into our heart and push God out. We need to reduce the clutter. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, stop hoarding. Because, you know, as we're Christians, we don't have to worry about judgment because we have basically connected with the Lord. We have believed in Him. We have given our hearts and lives over to Him. But then in this next segment, he says, hey, listen, but don't be like the people there that day. They allowed that stuff to come back in. A cluttered and chaotic house is a real disappointment to Jesus. Everybody say disappointment. Kind of like that successful basketball coach, you know. One morning he was shaving and his wife ran upstairs and burst into the bathroom and announced, Sports Illustrated is on the phone asking for you. In a hurried excitement, he ended up nicking himself with a shaver until he's bleeding. Not wanting to delay, he just started racing downstairs to the phone because, you know, it was before cell phones. So he wondered if this was his big break, if the, the offer he had been expecting was about to come. And in his haste, he tripped and rolled down the stairs. And so he gets up bleeding and limping. He grabbed the phone and said, hello, Sports Illustrated. The man on the other end said, yes, and if you sign up today, you can get 12 issues for only $17.95. Everybody say, oh, disappointment, say it out loud, disappointment. That's what a cluttered house causes Jesus, disappointment, great disappointment. Our spiritual welfare is Jesus' first priority. He is zealous for us. He knows the cleansing that He originally gave us. And He has an incredible expectation of us. Worship and revival is what He expects. Everybody say it out loud. What? Worship and revival. He expects that there's always room for Him in our hearts. In fact, the Apostle Paul didn't want his congregation to disappoint the Lord. So the Apostle Paul scolded and instructed his church members like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? And he said, and that's exactly what we are. Each of us is a temple in whom God lives. God Himself put it this way. I will live in them, move into them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't leak up with those who will pollute you. 
I want you all for myself. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters to me. With promises like these, dear friends, Paul says, let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let us make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. So Paul stressed that we should make every effort to keep our lives clutter-free. In fact, Paul may have even coined this Under Armour phrase. Everybody say it out loud. What? Protect this house. What's the house we're talking about? This house. Paul is saying, for his church members, do that. Jesus is saying, don't disappoint. Don't let clutter get all over up in there. He says, protect this house. In fact, the intensity of emotion that Jesus revealed in this particular happening at the temple... It was so that we could see how extremely important this matter is to him. Earlier, Jesus even got a whip, a braided cord, a rope, and he started chasing everybody out. It showed some anger, some intensity, some agitation. It was Jesus going all ballistic because that's how important it is that we keep a clutter-free heart. Look at your neighbor and say, Wow. We need to have room for worship and revival. We need to have room in our hearts for personal life change and spiritual awakening. But we need to have room for worship and revival. So let's get a little angry ourselves. Let's get a little angry with compromise and clutter and start chasing them out of our lives. Pastor Dion, how, how can we do that? I'm glad you asked. Psalm 119, last verse of the morning, verse 9. Read it with me. How can a young person live a clean life? Here it is. By carefully reading the map of your word. By being single-minded in pursuit of you. By not missing the road signs you've posted. How many have done that, huh? How many of you missed the road sign? Got off on the wrong exit. By banking your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin against you or sin myself bankrupt. By allowing you to train me in your ways and wise living. By repeating all the counsel that comes from your mouth. By delighting far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. By pondering every morsel of wisdom from you. By attentively following you. So there it is. How can I keep my home, my heart clutter-free and there always be room for life change and an awakening from God's Word? There it is. So, guys, I can say, in closing, let's gear up and let's protect this house. Let's say it out loud. What? Let's what? Protect this house. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Simple Truth. 
We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke has given you a new insight into the life of Jesus and brought you closer to Him. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link. And don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who may even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you pray also for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He may lead. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more at tmcalvary.com. Just click on Donate. Thank you for praying about this, and thank you for joining us today on The Simple Truth. Together we stand Together